0: Through the miracle of Internet Radio, the Never Say Impossible show offers a unique opportunity for the sharing of information and a unique opportunity to tell the world your story about your accomplishments, your passions, your products, and how you can be contacted. The show is designed to introduce you to new people who will inspire, motivate, and inform you of innovative ways to breathe new life into your goals and dreams. At NSI, anything is possible until you say it's not.
1: Never Say Impossible Radio, also known as NSI. I'm Myra, a.k.a. the Never Say Impossible Lady. At NSI, we want to entertain you. We want you to follow your dreams. Today, we are all about having fun. You can find us on Facebook.com forward slash Never Say Impossible Radio. We also have another page, Dancing on Our Disabilities. Remember to like the page when you visit. You can find us on Pyramid1Network.com on Channel 3. We are also listed as NSI and DOOD Radio on Stitcher.com, iTunes on TalkShoe.com, and on my website at http semicolon forward slash forward slash MyraGoldick.com. Our topic today is laugh as much as you breathe, which is a quote from our guest. I don't think there's a person in this world that doesn't like to be entertained and who doesn't like to laugh. I have known a few people that find it challenging just to let go and have fun and maybe even belly laugh. Did you know that people who laugh have better health? Today we have a guest who is the ultimate entertainer. Not only is he great and a creative blues singer, songwriter, and musician, he's also a storyteller, inspirational speaker, businessman. Wow, he's just about the total package of creativity. His name is Tommy Dudley. Give a listen to this.
2: When we were together You know that we were one I say When we were together baby You know that we were one But since you left me, I'm more than sold and done I have trouble sleeping, not sure I can go on You know I have trouble sleeping, baby I'm not sure I can go on you twice. It drives me out of my
1: mind. Yeah, that's an example of some of the work he's done over the years. Tommy Dudley is an accomplished businessman, and as I mentioned, singer, songwriter, motivational performer with a passion to help others overcome self-limiting beliefs. He is well-versed and a great coach and expert in the following topics. Business, of course, communications, recovery from addiction, music, performance skills, change, public speaking, He had a career, a very successful career, in the wireless industry and uh, in telecommunications. And he worked for some of the biggest companies, which I'm sure he will tell us about. But I love his focus that is on top of his list, the music industry, recording and performing. And on February 15, 2015, was inducted into the New York Blues Hall of Fame. I love blues. Due to his passion to help others, he developed a program called 88 Keys to Freedom, which inspires change through a creative process using success principles and the power of music to set, and reach goals that can build a group or an individual self-esteem and self-worth. He's worked with at-risk youth, adults in group home settings and prisons, and his personal experience as a recovering addict for 22 years combined with his successful career in business make him an example of the power that is available to others that focuses on change. Boy, you sound terrific, Tommy. Welcome to Never Say Impossible Radio, Tommy.
3: Thank you for welcoming me. I'm glad to be here. Well,
1: it's (laughs) really an interesting interview for me because you have such a varied background I almost don't know where to start, but first of all, it does my heart good to know that we come from the same neck of the
3: woods originally. (laughs) New York, New York.
1: Yes. And, you know, I want to take you back in time to the very young Tommy and ask you, what were your dreams? As as a young boy growing up, and did you follow those dreams when you became a man?
3: So, what were my dreams when I was growing up? Well, it's, it's this is uh, it's kind of like self fulfilling, because when I was growing up, I always wanted to be an entertainer. It was something that you know, when I was a kid, I was I was the uh, you know, the person that they put in front of everybody and they wanted to to make people laugh and have fun. My parents used to put hats on me and make me dance in front of everybody and say funny stuff. And I always wanted to be an entertainer, but I I fell off that path. And it just never happened for me. I never gave it the commitment that, that, uh, that I should have gave it. And, uh, you know, now today I do do that. You know, I'm an entertainer and and, and with the entertainment stuff, I'm also a person that takes that talent and helps people, which is my other passion. So I've fulfilled the things that I wanted to do when I was a kid.
1: You know, it's interesting
3: what you just
1: said, because I think what happened with you happens to many people. I think we start out with a certain desire or passion, something that makes us feel good, that we have fantasies about growing up and becoming, but somehow we get on the wrong highway. And I think that happens because of what society expects of us. So, you know, you grow up, you have to make money. You have to provide a living for yourself and and maybe even a family. So we sort of get on that wrong road, and even though we may be very good at what we're doing, it doesn't feel right, and somewhere around midlife, we go, hey, I'm on the wrong road, going in the wrong direction, (laughs) and that's what we call a midlife crisis, but... Or a spiritual uh,
3: awakening. Yes.
1: spiritual awakening, that's a better way to put it, to tell you the truth but it sounds like when I read about how successful you were in telecommunications and uh, that you were such a people person, which really didn't roll take you too far away from your path because performing has to do with people and entertaining people and I bet you were successful in telecommunications because you use that natural ability to connect with people and be funny and tell stories and sell am i correct
3: yes <laughs> <laughs> you kind of hit it on the head i've mm-hmm. always had that ability sales were kind of mm-hmm. easy for me because you know it was about people you know and you know i was a good people person i was a guy that you know, was very personal, and you know, I, I took everything personal, like trying to help, you know, as well as sell. And that could be, you know, a bad thing for sales because you can't know, always help everybody, you know. Uh, but I was very lucky that I, you know, s- selling is entertainment. It's it's almost the same thing, you know. You have to uh, go in and make people feel good, you know, and they come with money and they come with ideas and then you, you know, make it happen for them, you know, make them comfortable. So yeah,
1: yeah, I read that, but I also think that you have to have leadership qualities to be a good salesperson. And you also have to have leadership qualities to be a great entertainer. You have to be able to captivate and inspire and influence people. So, you know, even though you may have found that the sales filled the bank account, it didn't fulfill you on another level, you you were really probably using all those skills all those years as you did it. And when you finally decided to have that spiritual awakening and music entered the picture, how did that happen? I mean... You know, because it takes a long time to become as good as you are.
3: Well, I never really left the path. I always wrote, like, you know, my own, like, you know, lyrics. I always kept close to singing, but I I moved away from performing, you know. And I also had some struggles in my life for a few years, which is another part of who I am, that, you know, my life got really hard for, for a period of time. And when I overcame all that stuff and and you know uh I started to you know work on being successful, I kept close to the music i I always did but what happened for me was um, I had something go on in my life i was I had a partner who got very ill, and uh when she got ill, we had a very active lifestyle we traveled all over the country we I was very successful in my business. So, you know, we had a very active lifestyle. Well, it became inactive because she was sick. And I, I went to uh, take some voice lessons. And the voice lessons I was taking was basically to do a little singing, but more for my presentation skills. So, but I met this angel, <laughs> this woman, uh, LaRose Saxon, who was a, a singer in New York. And she, you know, evaluated my voice and said, why aren't you singing? And we started working together. And I worked with her for like two years and she introduced me to, you know, uh, the entertaining side. She taught me things and it kept me busy while I was going through this struggle with, with my partner uh, who was sick. And what happened was it just started to snowball. I started to see that I had missed it more than I thought I did. I started to play with very good people. I started, it started to just keep going. And then all of a sudden I was doing things that were beyond my wildest dreams, you know, playing with people that I never thought I'd play with. And and then I just kept dedicating the time to it, dedicating the time to it. And around 2008, when the financial crisis hit, I was um, I got a package from my company. I was with Nextel at the time, Sprint, Nextel, and uh, I'm a I'm a builder uh, when it comes to selling. I'm the guy who they send out and I find things and I I build things. And uh, there was nothing to build due to the financial crisis, so I decided to give it full time focus. And since then, since 2008, it's been full time focus. You know, just doing the music, creating playing all over the place. Uh it just keeps getting better and better. And now I'm trying to do more by taking the music and helping people at the same time.
1: You know, you mentioned something in your in your something I was reading about you because I do a lot of research about my guests. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned having a brief period of addiction. And, um, did, did that happen because you felt you were unhappy or, and how did you, how did you get well?
3: Okay. Addiction is a big part of who I am. The fact that I, that I overcame my addiction. I'm 22 years, uh, drug free, alcohol free, cigarettes for 20 years. Uh, and to me, cigarettes are a drug. Um, that, you know, um, that's a big part of who I am. Uh, I, I struggled for, for a long time with it. And I think, you know, if I try to evaluate what, what exactly causes us, you know, causes us to take drugs, I think it's insecurities. I think it's not having the ability to. Part of it is not doing something fulfilling your life the way you want to fulfill it and just living other, you know, other lives uh, like we talked about before and just going with the flow. Uh, and what you learn in recovery and what I've learned in recovery is it's about, you know, being who you are, you know, and getting connected to your spiritual, your spiritual being. And yeah, that it's a big part of who I am. Uh, you know, that whole part of my story is where my passion to give comes from because I believe in people. I believe that everybody has the ability to be whatever they want to be as long as they put the focus into it and as long as they, um, get themselves out of the way, you know, all the human condition stuff that we have, you know, we're all humans trying to find a spiritual connection, you know, and, uh, Big part well, of we all have is, is
1: self-limiting that. beliefs too, oh. and that gets in the way.
3: Oh, without a doubt. You know, you know who, you know. And you, we talked about this earlier. You, you, you mentioned, you know, um, you know, goals when you're when you're a kid. And that was the first question. I just did a, a, a PAL function down in Frederick, Maryland, mm-hmm. and when I walked in, they had on on the. on on the wall, they had these slides and these young kids, they were like five, seven, eight years old, whatever they are. And their goals were like so cool, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) They were talking about changing the world, being doctors, veterinarians, lawyers, you know, and I was looking at that and I'm saying, this is an eight year old, right? Or a 10 year old. They become 12 or 15 and somebody's gonna tell them they can't do it, you know, and then they're gonna start this other spiral going in the opposite direction, you know, and that self limiting belief starts to occur. And then all of a sudden, you know, drugs and alcohol might become an option because they never fulfilled what they think they, they should. And it's our responsibility to make sure that they do, you know, have that ability to, to go there, you know, and have that dream and be that person.
1: You know, teachers, don't realize the influence that they have on children. And one negative experience for a child that's struggling, possibly having some issues at home, having some uh, self-esteem issues, when a teacher takes the liberty to... um, comment in a negative way about the ability that that child has, they can do unbelievable damage to that child. Mm -hmm. And it's very sad because I think very often, sometimes even family members, say things that wound very deeply and they don't even know it. They put these ideas in these kids' heads, telling them, well, you'll never achieve that. You won't be able to do that. And the nonsense that we hear in the news that the American dream is dead is, makes me so angry because I can't think of another country where people still have the ability to be free, still have the ability to build and be entrepreneurs, and really grow. So, you know, I think we've got to tell these kids yes, you can over and over and over again. So, I I think what you're doing is phenomenal because I I know and we're going to get to it very shortly, I know that you also speak to people who are incarcerated from time to yes. time. So, I'm going to take a quick break, Tommy, but before I do, I'd like you to tell the listeners your contact information and that you are available for uh, speaking presentations as well as musical gigs and how they get a hold of you.
3: Okay. Um, You can contact me through email at Tom dot, so the number, eighty eight. K-E-Y-S To Freedom T-O-F-R-E-E-D-O-M At gmail.com That's my email address My phone number I can give you that Is that that cool? Uh, 917-416-2789 And you can check me out On bluesbuddha.com Which will show you All the uh, musical stuff That I do And also has a brief history Of some of the the social work that I do, and what I'm available for. I work with veterans. I work with uh, incarcerated people, people that are in, in prisons. I work with youth. I also do business business um, meetings, like because I, my sales history. We do team build. I can do a team building meeting, um, and speak at, at, at functions. So that's basically it.
1: Sounds great. That's a lot. <laughs> and I might, I might tell uh, the listeners that in the blog that I'm writing about Tommy, there are links to all of his uh, various contact uh, information. So you'll find it there and we'll be right back. So don't go away. Have you ever been stuck in procrastination mode? Literally standing still in time, not moving forward, or even worse, maybe moving backwards. Getting stuck happens to many of us at various times during our life. All you know is that you have lost your passion, your motivation, and you're unhappy. Adversities in life can cause this inability to focus. Procrastination has many causes. Sometimes it's caused by fear of making a mistake, or you've experienced a disappointment, perhaps even a tragedy. Here and now, I have good news for you. All you need is to bring back the positive energy into your life. In my new ebook, Focused, unstuck, and back in action, I share the secret of how to get over this unpleasant procrastination dilemma. A fabulous mentor taught me the method to use when I was just 17 years old. I have used it over and over again because it really works. It's a wonderful feeling you get when you break free of whatever it is that's holding you back and robbing you of the happiness and success you deserve. Get your copy of Focused, Unstuck, and Back in Action today and start changing your life now. Visit me at www. Myragoldick.com to learn more. That's M-Y-R-A-G-O-L-D-I-C-K dot com. Hello again. This is Myra at Never Say Impossible Radio and we're talking to Tommy Dudley who is a professional speaker, presenter, performer (laughs) and uh, he has a lot to share and he is a natural born leader and I recognize them when I bump into them so if you're looking for somebody to take your organization and give them a kick in the hiney you're talking you're going to be talking to the right person so tell me about the people that you speak to that have taken the wrong path and end up incarcerated?
3: Well, there's a couple of things that have happened. When I, I was working with a company called Road Recovery, Road Recovery is an organization, a nonprofit organization out of uh, New York. And it's gentlemen that have been in the in the music industry. A uh, gentleman's name is Gene Bowen and Jack Bookbinder. And they start an organization to work with kids. Uh, and what they do is they go into different schools and group homes, and we put on shows with these kids. And most of these kids are at-risk youth, inner city, urban, uh, that either are drug addicts or have been affected by drug addiction. and Their parents might be addicts or whatever. They don't have to be addicts to be in the program. And then we'll go in there and we'll say, well, who sings, who dances, who does drama, who does whatever, you know, spoken word. And we'll do a rehearsal for 10 weeks. And the rehearsal for 10 weeks is writing original material that the kids write. A lot of these kids can, age, uh, they have an age range of anywhere from 12 up to 18, maybe a couple a little bit older than that, but that's that age range. And then after the 10 weeks are over, we do a, a full production show where the kids perform for their peers in, in these facilities. And, and we've been doing this for years. And these kids, their self-esteem grows. They, they, have, they start to get great stage presence. They start to write more. They start to express themselves. They set goals. They, they, um, they achieve their goals. It, it changes their whole demeanor. And a lot of these kids I've worked with over the years. So I see them over and over again. And I see the, you know, the, the stuff that we, you know, how it, it changes their lives. So I was doing that. I've been doing that for about eight years. And through that, I connected with Sing Sing Prison. And Sing Sing Prison, uh, we, had did, we had done a show there. We brought some, because we're associated to some rock stars like uh, Slash and uh, Tom Morello. These are, you know, big names in the industry, and we did a show there, and when we did the show, they told us that they had musicians, and uh, they wanted to know if we would come in and meet them. We went in and met them, and uh, they didn't have any music program going on there, so we started one, and that was five, It's going on six years now, This is the sixth year. Since then, we've done two concerts there. Again, the same program. I go in mostly volunteer basis because we don't have any funding for it right now. One of the things I try to do is raise funds for this program, and that's what the 88 Keys to Freedom is. And we go in there and we talk to these guys, and we, you know, um, make themes and they write songs about their lives and about, you know, uh, what made them do the things they did. It all it all has to be about positive stuff that you know how how to change who they are. And again, I've been working with these guys for five to six years and we have very in-depth conversations about spiritual principles, about success principles, and I've watched uh these guys change whereas they are very they help each other, they form the group that has the strength, they write very uh you know, intense lyrics, things that they couldn't say in in a therapy session or in any sort of uh, environment that they're in, in that prison, and they explore themselves and they get better. Since then, there's been a lot of different programs that go in there, like Carnegie Hall's in there. There's a bunch of different music programs there now, and my guys are working in all those programs. They actually did a TED Talk, TEDx Talk, just recently with a, a bunch of my guys were in it. So I, I've seen this program change their lives and not only change their lives, when we perform, we perform to the to their peers, the inmates, and the inmates uh, have to behave where they can't come to the show. So it, it actually has a domino effect that goes across the prison because these guys wanna be at that show. So it actually helps change behavior. So it's, it's been very intense. It's, I've learned a lot from it and I want to expand it because I think you can educate people and they can just become smart criminals. <laughs> but it, when you put culture in the mix, when you start to teach them the culture and you start to go into their spirit and you start to uncover and discover things that, that you know, that run them around, they change. They become different. And I've seen it happen right before my eyes, so that that's the the story on that.
1: Well, they learned to to laugh, to enjoy life, to 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 love again. I am an artist, a, a visual artist, and I, mm-hmm. my father was a musician, um, very well known musician for his time he was much older than my mother and he brought uh, jazz and calypso to this country Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Uh, and he was on broadway for a while we're more connected than you know my husband worked at sing sing for many many years as a counselor (laughs) wow (laughs) there you go yeah there you go you small world and at the time that he was there, I don't believe that they had, because I think he left in the 90s, oh, I'm not sure, maybe before because he became a parole officer after his stint at Sing Sing Sing. But at that particular time, I don't think they had this, this wonderful program at all on any level that you just described because creativity to me is one of the most, most healthy forms of self-esteem building that you can find any kind of creativity. Do you find that most of the inmates are drawn to rap since that's the, you know, gangster rap is the big thing now.
3: That is a funny story. (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because that's a question only an artist would ask. Uh, and thank you for being an artist. When I went there, I was concerned with that because when I work with the kids, I work with rap. So I, I wasn't concerned that I couldn't do it. It's just not my strength. You know what I mean? It's not something that I'm well-versed in. I, you know, but I always let rappers are very well-versed. Actually, rap is the new blues. It's basically, it's a cultural, uh, you know, thing that it's, it's very, very connected to the society. So I, I understand rap and I appreciate rap, but that's not my strength. So I, I was concerned and uh, I went in there thinking that's what I'd come across. And that's not what I came across. What they, would you be surprised? And one of the things is, one of the things that we did that made my program different than any program that went in there is that when we came in, they gave me about 20 inmates, 20, 21 inmates, whatever and they were all different um, cultures. So I had Spanish, I had white, I had uh, black, I had all different cultures. Guys that never really played together or hung together because in a prison society, that's kind of like, they, you know, they, they separate, right? And we, what we formed was this thing where I had Latin music, I had country music, I had heavy metal, I had R&B, so, I had all these different things, and I had no rap in the first session. None. Uh, since then, there has been, over the years, we've gotten more rap into it, but very little, uh, actually. So, I was kind of taken back because I thought that, you know, right away, I thought that I, that's what I'd be working with mostly, and that's just not what happened. You know, and wow. I was very amazed at how well versed they were in every style of music. You know, it was like everybody was well versed. So it wasn't like I was getting the Latin guys knew the R and B stuff and the you know and the you know and the heavy metal guys knew the you know uh, the country. So it was very, very it opened my <laughs> eyes. It opened my eyes. To Unbelievable. Hold the yeah.
1: Do you think that being involved in self-expression and creativity for these people that have, and I would say most of them, have made mistakes, serious mistakes in their life that they're paying for. Do you think in some way it's, it's a way for them to escape the hood, or do they come back out onto the street back into the environment that trapped them in the first place and end up back? Maybe you don't I, know.
3: Well, I, I have a lot of opinions on, on how the prison system works and the prison system, as we know it in the past, has been a warehouse. It still is a warehouse, but we have one of the worst prison problems in the, in the world. Uh, You know, more prisoners in in the United States prisons than any place in the world. Uh, I think we're number 25 in population in the world population, but we're number five in prison population. So that's out of control. And what happens is a lot of people, and this is my opinion, you know, um, a lot of these guys that I work with, came in when they were 18 19 20 years old they came into the system once you're in the system getting out of the system is almost impossible it's just not set up for you, for people to get out of it's set up to the warehouse so people keep going back in and it becomes comfortable being uncomfortable and i think it's a lifestyle after a while so you have to break that chain somehow and show and show something and i think What's happening in Sing Sing in in general is not happening in a lot of places. You don't find programs like Sing Sing is doing. Sing Sing has a program called Hudson Link, which is one of the most successful privately run um, education programs in the country. It's not funded by the state. It's funded. Warren Buffett is one of the funders. And they have guys that have graduated from that program They just, they did a uh, HBO special called 0%, whereas for a period of time, people that were graduating from that program were not coming back into the system. 0%, and and which is the national average is somewhere like 60 or 70%. Wow. You know, now, yeah, now I have, I think they had to change that because that was never going to (laughs) last. You know, somebody's going to get arrested eventually just for, you know, anything. It could be stupid. But now I think they're at like 5%. So it's still ridiculously low. The people that are graduating from that program are not coming back. They're educating them. They're training them to, to you know, do the right things. They have local colleges involved. And it's all privately funded. You know, and that's only through like about four or five prisons in New York. The same thing is one of them. So, so the other
1: states have not caught on.
3: Well, I don't know what all other states are doing. I can really just tell you mostly what New York's doing. And I'm sure some states have other programs that are similar. You know, maybe. I don't know. But I do know that there's a move in this country to look at the population that's in prison as a, like, you know, this drug war that we had over the last couple of years, that it failed. And that, we, you know, maybe some people should have been in treatment instead of in prison. And um, there's a big move in the White House. The administration has been looking at it for a few years. And now it's you, a lot of different prisons are open to these programs. But still, it's, it's the warehouse, warehouse mentality still exists. So, you know, the one thing we have to remember is 90% of those guys that are in there are going to get out. You know, and what do you want? Do you want them cultured and educated? Or do you want them to be just guys who sat in a warehouse and became more violent and crazy? You know, so it's our responsibility again to try to make sure that we are rehabilitating instead of warehousing.
1: You're absolutely right, and it's very well put. And uh, there is hope, there is light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to take another very short break, and when we come back, I want to hear more about your 88 Keys to Freedom and your presentations to corporations and the direction in which you're going regarding speaking. So don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Myra Goldick. Could you use some money for your business? If yes, I can help you. I'm a representative for a company that has 4,000 lenders in its database. The process is very simple. You fill out a 15-question survey. There are no fees for this part of the process, and there are no credit reports pulled, so it can affect your credit rating. When it is submitted, it goes to the lenders for the exact type of business loan you're looking for. They will contact you directly, and if you like what they have to say, you can proceed with their loan application. You can reach me at Myra Goldick, 561-429-8268. This is Myra, and I'm talking to Tom Dudley, a wonderful performer, a visionary. A man on a mission, a man who believes that when you empower people, when you show them the right path, and you give them the opportunity to choose the right path, hopefully they will. So let's talk about your 88 keys to freedom, which you were talking about, but how do you translate that into corporate America and trying to get people to realize what's going on, their ability to improve their sales ability and so forth? How do you move transition from one to the other?
3: Well, the ADA Keys to Freedom, again, is about communication, okay? Um Uh, Let me give you a little history about 88 Keys of Freedom. The last show that I did in Sing Sing, uh, like I said, we we have very little funding. So to put on a full production show, of course, you know, a decent amount of money. And and that's part of what we like to do, because that's part of helping build self-esteem. These guys get all this new equipment. They get up and they perform and they look like pros. And um, I had this gentleman, Ned Bowen, who was my mentor. Um, he's the father of Gene Bone, who owns Road Recovery, the the, uh, nonprofit, one of the nonprofits that I'm associated with. And he, um, financed the last show that we did. And I, I met him through Gene and me and and Ned would talk and we had filmed one of the shows. And when we sent the the film to Ned, he looked at the show. He was sick at the time. He passed away when he looked at, at the, the show, he called me up and he said, I just have to tell you, he says, you bring freedom to them. He says, I see the freedom in their eyes. I see the freedom of what you're bringing them. You're you're, they're not locked up when they're playing that music. With you." And he says, you bring them 88 keys to freedom. You bring them 88 keys to freedom. And I, I don't play the piano. So I don't, I'm, I don't know what he meant. You know? So I kind of like brought that to the guys. I said, you know, you, you know, Ned, is 88 keys freedom. What does that mean to you? So the guys gave me some ideas. And one, the first thing they said was all the keys are different. I said, okay, that makes sense. So let's use 88 keys freedom. And then we just implemented that as a theme for that show. So then I asked these guys to write, what is freedom to you? So they gave me a list of, 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 words. And when we wrote songs about each one of those words—responsibility, perseverance—all these different words—and and we wrote songs about that. We did the show. Um, I think we wrote thirteen or fourteen original pieces. We did that show, and uh, we sent. We recorded that show. When we recorded that show, we sent it to Ned, and about a month later, he passed away. When he passed wow. away, I decided. That eighty-eight keys to freedom would be the theme of the of whatever I did going forward, uh, just because he was so passionate about it. Still not totally understanding, you know, what he meant by it. Okay, and uh, since then i've I've developed it. I've developed it more. The eighty-eight keys to freedom is a communication tool. It's it's basically, and I actually just wrote a blog about it on. Uh, on LinkedIn, when you look at the 88 keys, uh, I'm going to open it up so I can make sure I um, <laughs> say it exactly, exactly right because I just got this philosophy right. <laughs> um, hold on, it, they're all different, okay? On on a piano with 88 keys, there's 36 black keys and 52 white keys, seven notes. Uh, on the white keys and on the black keys, they have two-note names, which are another five. There's 12 notes on the piano, right? And they just keep repeating over and over again. When you're playing a piano, you're playing the same notes over and over again. But they're all different, okay? They're, they're all different. They have similarities. They have the same tone, but they're different. There's a middle key, the middle C, and when you want to learn how to play the piano, you have to find the middle C. So what? what is this all means to me after i thought about it it's the same thing that we do in life we have to find a middle ground right and when we find that middle ground we notice that all the keys are different they have similarities but they're different and how do we get these keys to play together and how do we get them to make a sound that that you know that moves us and when you start to play the keys in that order, you repeat it over and over again until you become excellent at it. And that's what the 88 keys are readable. You know, when you start to take the differences in people and the differences of what people have bring to the table and you find ways to communicate together and you harmonize in some way that you, you bring a message that makes sense from all the keys. So it made perfect sense now to me what that means. So how do I, transfer that into a business environment? Mm-hmm. Well, every business right now is is different than it used to be because right now I think we have seven different uh, generations working in today's world, right? We have all different all different types. We have kids, we have older adults, baby boomers, and they all communicate differently, but they all want the same thing. So there's the similarities and the differences. So when you get, but when you take music as a common denominator and you come into a room and you use music or use lyrics as a common denominator, you take down that wall, you take down that barrier and you have a sales guy who's very aggressive, who's maybe a little bit older, but you have this young person that's in finance that may never say much in a meeting, but has a lot in his head. You know, and then, you know, they don't communicate normally. But if you start to put them in a room and you give them themes and you give them things to think about and you start to put it into a lyric and a song, then maybe you communicate. Not maybe. You communicate. Mm -hmm. Okay. It makes it, it takes away. Hey, you're I'm 25 and you're 45. It takes away. Hey, you're aggressive and I'm not. You know, it takes away all that stuff and puts the onus on the theme, the lyric, and and, and making it work. So that's how I can transcribe it into a business environment. Yeah,
1: it I, it, we are more alike than we are different, and understanding that makes communication so much easier. I, in some of my talks. I speak about happiness on the same level. Everybody knows what it is. It's an emotion. But how is it different for you than it is for me? Playing a tune or writing a song that you feel really good about maybe the ultimate happiness for you or changing somebody's life to understand how they can communicate through their own ability to create maybe the ultimate happiness for you but for somebody else it may be completely different and until we learn to understand and respect what we need our purpose in life we don't right. we can't really ever find what it is that we need So it's self-examination and your music and your ability to help people use music to communicate is key. And and I think it's just absolutely fabulous. I love what you're doing. I knew this conversation was going to be great fun. (laughs) You know, um, if you had to choose just one of your careers right now, which one would it be?
0: And I already know the
1: answer, but
3: (laughs) (laughs) that is my hardest question, but it's it's my easiest answer. Um, (laughs) What I do when I'm in front of an audience and when I'm on a stage, whether it's speaking, whether it's singing, you know, the more people you give me, the better I feel, you know, um, and carrying a message through the music. And through the performance of hope and, and, you know, and and change is what I I want to do till the day I die, until they kick me off the stage. You know what I mean? (laughs) And that'll be tough because I will fight, you know. um, They're
1: never going to kick you off the stage. One (laughs) thing about performers, particularly speakers, (laughs) it never ends. You can be 105 years old and still deliver a message that brings people to their feet. So it has nothing to do with age. So
3: you will well, be, yeah, you'll be out there yeah. a long time. <laughs> well that's that's what I that's my hope. I you know, put me in front of people and let me let me do what I do. That's what, what I love to do more than anything. You know, that's where I feel at home. You know, it's, it's, it's my natural ability. It's, it's, it always has been, like I said, when I was a kid, they used to put me in front of people, put a hat on me and say, do that, you know, and I'd just do it, you know, and there's nothing <laughs> with better no
1: right. inhibition,
3: right? With no thought, you know, and then <laughs> not, and not, not a worry about screwing up. You know, I tell all the guys that I work with, you know, it's like, I don't want to think, <laughs> don't make me think. You make me think, you know, I just want to do just do what comes natural to me. You know, when I Well,
1: I hardly believe you don't think because I've been listening to a very thinking person and a very deep person. So you do think. You just don't perceive it as that. You perceive it as flying free and doing what comes naturally to you. But I just listen to a person who's very
3: deep. So, <laughs> Thank I you. beg you. I, I know I it think, but you. when I perform, I don't want to. Oh, wanna, you, I just just it. It. you just, you yeah, you you
1: just do it. it. You just you just let it. You just you just fly away. Well, this okay. has been a fantastic interview. By the way, what's the name of your LinkedIn? Uh, your latest blog. What did you name it?
3: The, the last blog that I just did. The
1: one you were what? just referring to.
3: 88 Keys to Freedom.
1: 88 Keys to Freedom. I'll make yeah. sure I visit it and press yeah. the share buttons because I know there's a lot of people that'll be interested in it. And maybe I'll just write a Pulse article about you too because I absolutely adored speaking to you and I want to wish you all the success in the world. And maybe someday we'll share the platform together who knows
3: who knows you never
1: know right never know <laughs> uh, so have i have a wonderful wonderful time and thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your vision with never say impossible radio
3: thank you for having me and uh, never say impossible is a great name
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's what i live by that's right so um to all my listeners out there in cyberspace, remember, never say impossible.
3: I'd just like to add one more thing to that. This is a title that I'm thinking about for a song, and it's, Why Do the Possible When Impossible is So Much More Interesting.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank
3: you. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Never Say Impossible, a show created to inspire, motivate, and inform the public with unique guests and content. NSI is a powerful way to connect with millions of people all over the world. Visit NSI at Myra's website, www.myragoldick.com.
1: 18- us.